Welcome to the Skill Stadium, a podcast for the skilled trades, where you can learn about the opportunities and benefits of working in the skilled trades from business owners, hiring managers, and the hardworking, talented professionals. And now, your host, Keith Williams. Hi, this is Keith Williams with the Skill Stadium Podcast. I am so excited today. You are going to learn about what it takes to be a successful HVAC technician. This is a profession that is in high demand and is hiring people right now. You can acquire the necessary skills in less than a year, and it pays a good living wage. My guest today is an actual HVAC technician. He grew up in Uniontown, Pennsylvania, which is about 45 minutes southwest of Pittsburgh. He attended Westmoreland Community College and started his career at a company called BATS Heating and Air Conditioning, where he worked for about five years and rose up in the ranks. And he is a veteran of the United States Air Force. He worked as an engine mechanic on KC-135Ss and KC-130Ss. I imagine that those are big airplanes. He got his current role through HVACagent.com when he was contacted by the service manager. During his free time, he enjoys traveling. Please welcome Troy Danko to the Skill Stadium Podcast. Troy, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Troy, my pleasure. Thank you for agreeing to be on this podcast. Just a little background. I actually connected with Troy on Instagram because Troy is pretty active and we did a day in the life interview. And I got to tell you, he is very active on social media, spreading the word about the profession of HVAC technicians. Troy, you know, you probably came up at a time when social media wasn't as big. Tell me how you think that, you know, that kind of changed the the landscape from what you've seen with social media now. I mean, it's helped me connect with a lot of people across the country and even across the world. Um, I've created a lot of friends from it. I get to see the things that they're working on, um, any difficulties that they're having with equipment. Then that way, if I get faced with something that I know that they already experienced, I could reach out to them and ask them questions about it. Yeah, excellent. And just out of curiosity, you know, HVACagent.com, can you tell us how easy it was to get work? Because we know that, you know, obviously you're in a profession that's in demand, you have good experience. How did you find that particular resource? Um, Actually, that was 15 years ago that I just Googled finding HVAC jobs. And that was one of the first things that popped up. It's similar to Indeed. You just put your resume online. And then I think the way it works is employers have to pay them to be able to see resumes. And then they contacted me directly through that. I mean, I haven't been on there, like I said, in 15 years. So I'm sure it's still out there, though. Yeah. And again, I think it just wanted to emphasize the importance of having that online presence because you know, obviously this is the way that we get jobs today. You know, you know, Troy, just looking back at your history, talk to us about as a child, what kind of child were you like growing up and how did that influence your career choice? I grew up in uh, Uniontown, Pennsylvania, and I grew up in a home that was built in the early 1900s. And whenever my dad bought it, he was about 28 years old. The house was in rough shape, so he had to completely gut it and rebuild it from almost the ground up. So the whole time he was doing that, I was right there next to him trying to learn everything I could. So I grew up working with my hands, 
knowing that that was one day something that I would want to do. Yeah. And you know, Troy, I'll tell you a huge benefit to having that skill set that I think a lot of people don't realize is that I'm sure when you have things going on wrong around your house, that being handy, you're able to go and fix these things, which I'm sure saves you a lot of money. Am I correct in saying that? Oh, yeah. Tons and tons of money. I mean, it's there's a lot of things, though, that I've had people come in and do around our house, but uh, we had a deck bill. I had someone come in and help me with that. I mean, just that alone was a lot of money. But I mean, I've done electrical, HVAC, obviously plumbing. I mean, it's helped me save a lot of money over the years. And my wife yeah. has a business. Excellent. Excellent. I wonder if you guys would ever think about, you know, doing a barter system because you have skill sets that someone else doesn't have. Just, you know, that might not be a bad idea. No, yeah, I do that a lot. I mean, I have friends that my pastor, for instance, he uh, cuts my hair. He does yard work for me every now and then. I don't expect it, but I appreciate it. And then anytime he has an issue with his AC, I go and help him. Oh, that works well. That works well. Definitely. Definitely. Can you share someone, because you mentioned your dad, you know, you're around your dad when he was fixing the house up when you were growing up as a child. Can you share someone who had a positive influence on you and what you learned from them? When you I would were just say my, my very first employer, Al Batts at Batts Heating and Air Conditioning. I moved from Pennsylvania down to North Carolina after getting my certificate in HVAC. And I applied through his business, but the right away he didn't want to hire me because I had absolutely no experience. So I understood that and then thought about it, went back a week later and told him, if you would hire me, I'll work for you for a week or two for free. And we'll see how it goes at the end of that time. Well, he hired me immediately and on the spot, went to work the next day. And he taught me everything I know and still use today. And I'm greatly appreciative of what he's done for me. Yeah. You know what it is, is he saw something in you. The fact that you were willing to work for free showed that you were betting on yourself, you know, and that that is really that's powerful for someone on, on the other side. So, you know, kudos to you. I mean, you, you make bold moves. The universe rewards you. Can you share, you know, why do you, what do you enjoy about the work that you do? Why do you like doing this work? Well, like I said, I like to work with my hands. There's a sense of satisfaction whenever you're working with your hands and you're doing something with like HVAC. I go to a unit that's not operating and the customer's upset because they're hot or they're cold or they're just uncomfortable. And I get up on the roof and get it fixed and immediately get to see it come back to life, walk back down, tell them, hey, it's running. And they're telling me already, yeah, we feel it. It feels so much better in here. I mean, it just makes you feel great at the end of the day, knowing that you made a, someone happy by doing something like that. And then yeah. I get to go out and see different yeah, places, different people. I mean, it's just, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I'll tell you, we should never underestimate the power of the HVAC technician because they fix the air conditioning unit. And if you've ever been down South in the summer, then you can really appreciate their skill sets. I mean, if it's 90 outside, your air conditioning is not working. You are very grateful for a, a experienced and talented HVAC technician who can fix that problem. Yep. And then a lot of people too don't realize it, but right now with everything going on, we're considered essential. And the type of work that I've been doing even prior to this is critical HVAC. It's I work at pharmaceutical sites. 
that they have to be running constant. And then we deal with a lot of other critical sites. Um, we take care of some data centers that that stuff can't go down. They rely mm-hmm. on us a lot. No, I, I agree. I, that makes perfect sense. I, I, I think a lot of people, you're right, don't realize how important it is to have that. And, and you know, we're short staffed on HVAC technicians right now. So it makes what you do even that much more important. And harder sometimes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Now you got to work a lot harder. <laughs> you don't have as much backup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we need help. Come on, guys. Definitely. Definitely. Can you share, speaking of that, can you share the process? So let's talk about how do people become, how does someone become an HVAC technician? Imagine there's a high schooler who's listening to you. They're thinking about it. Walk them through the process, the timeline, maybe the approximate cost, but tell them how. How do they become an HVAC technician? Uh, for me, well, I went into the military. And then after I got back from basic training and everything, I went to a community college and applied for their HVAC certificate program. And that one was a little less than a year at uh, Westmoreland Community College. And I think around the time it was $1,500 it cost, the books and everything. I had to buy some small tools, nothing too expensive. I think I spent another $500. So it cost me a total of $2,000. And then immediately you get to work right after that as long as you can find somebody. I mean, sometimes they have an issue with no experience and that's a, just a little bit of a hoop you have to jump through sometimes. Sure. I also wonder if, you know, reaching out to companies before you invest in the education, you know, to see if they might take you on as an apprentice, if that, you know, you know, negotiating something, there's always a way I believe to get into companies. Uh, I'd be curious what your take on that is for someone kind of doing what you did saying, Hey, I'll come and work for free or shadow you. You know, is, do you think that's still relevant today where companies are open to that? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, now with insurance companies and everything, I think it's kind of, tricky with them because I've tried to do that where I've worked at before to do some shadowing. And if you're under 18 and it gets a little bit hairy, especially if it's a larger corporate company, I'm sure with some of the smaller ones, it's not much of an issue, but I actually did uh, job shadowing whenever I was in high school. And that also helped encourage me to go into the skill trades. I went to a uh, airport and got to see a helicopter pilot. He showed me what he did every day. And that's why I ended up being a jet engine mechanic. So, yeah. yeah. You know, it's not lost on me that, you know, when you talk about that experience, I know that it is so important for our young people to see people like you who are doing the work, sharing, you know, your background and your history, because, you know, the best way for people to learn is from people who've been down that path. There's just no substitute for that. And, um, uh, look, I really appreciate people like yourself who take the time to agree to, you know, be on these podcasts and to do the day in the life interviews. So, you know, we, um, you know, there's been a loss of a lot of jobs because of hospitality and other pref- professions that have been impacted negatively by the pandemic. Are you seeing, you know, are you seeing an uptick in people um, wanting to work in the skilled trades I, I mean, just as you're out there, what are you seeing in the current state of the market? I mean, there's still a lot of openings. I mean, currently where I'm working at, we have openings. I get messages all the time. I got a couple today that there was a 26-year-old that I'm not sure what he was doing, but he decided to switch into 
the skilled trades. He went to school for HVAC and he just landed his first job. So I think there is a lot of people starting to decide to go into the skilled trades. Mm-hmm. And another thing too, there's, there's, you know, a great benefit is that you're not getting that heavy student debt that people get from college. And I mean, that makes a difference. Like we, we know, like, I, you know, you, you've been working a few years, but I'm sure you can think back and remember when you were just getting started in life and, and just, you know, you know, that it's hard getting started with a lot of debt. If you were in a lot of debt, your life would probably be very different than it is now, not having gone into debt. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I know people that are around the same age as me that have been working for the last 15 years, still paying college debt. I mean, it's just, I couldn't imagine that. Yeah. We're not rich. You know, so anytime there's those funds going towards debt, that's just money you're not saving. It's money you're not investing. It's money that maybe, you know, that you can't use as disposable income. So I just really want to emphasize the uh, value of the skilled trades of not being in debt. I mean, that's a burden and it's just stressful. I've never been in debt like that, but I could only imagine how stressful that is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So, you know, we have a skills gap. It's getting worse. You know, in light of what we just shared, how do we get more young people to go into the skilled trades? I mean, I think it starts really with me. It started at a young age. Like I said, my father did a lot of handy things around the house. I got to see that. I think that we need fathers to help with that. And then later on in life, we need high schools. Whenever I went to high school in Uniontown, Pennsylvania, there's a lot of steel mills in that area. So we had to take a shop class. I had to learn how to weld in high school or no, actually in um, middle school. I had to learn how to weld and I got to see what it was like to do all of that stuff. And then now I don't think too many schools are providing those skills to anybody. Yeah. So we need to. So you really got started in middle school then. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 Even my wife, she went to the same middle school. She had to do all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She now worked. Did you guys witness or when you were working, were you around to see like, we know that the steel industry got impacted fairly negatively in Pittsburgh, in that area. I think it was probably in the 80s. I'm not sure how old you are and, and uh, you know, not trying to get into that. But did you see the trend, the transformation? Because, you know, we know that I know that for a fact, just knowing history, that that is an area that got hammered. Yeah, my whole family worked in the coal mines. I'm actually the first generation of many to not going to the coal mines. I went into a coal mine a couple of times with my father, but he, the mine he worked in, he worked there for 27 years and then it closed up. So I decided around that time that I was going to choose to do something different. So that way I didn't have to worry about working in this coal mine and eventually closing and having to go to another one. I mean, it's still, I have a lot of high school friends that work in a coal mines. It's still a great uh, industry to be in and it provides a comfortable lifestyle but with hvac and some of the other skilled trades i mean you can literally work anywhere yeah yeah it's nice to have some options now that's great wanted to ask you how do you feel about video as a means to promote your brand and attract employers in your profession because we know social media is pretty big now i know that you're on it i would be curious about your feed your um how you feel about it i think it's very important for everyone to do at first, 
getting right in front of the camera is very uncomfortable for some people, myself, very uncomfortable doing it. But yeah, it's very important. Um, I've had a lot of people reach out to me telling me that they enjoy my content. Sometimes I see them like, I don't even think this is that good, but I get messages, people telling me they enjoy it. So I keep doing it. And I've had job opportunities from it as well. Yeah. You know why? Because you, you have to remember, a lot of people are not doing that. A lot of people are not using video. A lot of people are just not brave enough to do that. So it makes you stand out even more. And, you know, you really get a better idea, I believe, about somebody when I can see a video versus just words on a paper. Yeah. I do a lot of these interviews. And if I've seen somebody like I've seen a video of somebody or I've, you know, it's very different than if I've never seen the person and all I've seen is a paper resume. You know, I just I just don't know enough about that person. I just feel like video is so much more powerful and it's inexpensive. Everybody's got a smartphone. You know, I, I'm just surprised that people aren't doing it more. Yep, man. I mean, a lot of people are on their phones. They want to see stuff. So yeah. And, you're ta- and here's the thing. And here's the thing. You're talking about something you know well. So it's not like you're on the phone doing a video on something you know nothing about. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I always feel like if you enjoy what you do, you're going to talk about it at some point. Yeah. I can always tell people who enjoy the work they do because at some point they talk about it. At some point you're going to mention, if you like doing something, you're going to talk about it. People are going to know that you like it. If you don't, it, it, you're probably not going to talk about it. And I've learned that just from when I ask people to do these interviews, I can tell the people who are passionate about or interested in what they do. Now I get some people don't want to be on a camera, but on video, but to talk about it on audio, you're not on video now. You're on audio. That's like talking on the phone. So I, I kind of, you can, you learn a lot about who is interested and passionate about the work they do just by asking them to talk about it. Yeah. And then there's, so. with the skilled trades, I mean, there's a ton of people on Instagram, LinkedIn. I mean, I'm even on TikTok and have a decent following on there. With some of the other jobs that people are doing, you don't see that. It's crazy how many skilled trades people are on LinkedIn, Facebook, and all of that. Yeah, I notice that in a lot of groups. How do you like TikTok? How do you feel about TikTok? Because you mentioned that you have a following. It's, how do you how do you like that platform? I like it. Uh, actually, I mean, some of my videos I have 60,000 views on. But wow. It's, it's kind of different, the content that you have to put on there. You can't use the same thing on Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn. It has each platform has to be totally different. You can't just copy and paste onto each one of those. Sometimes, I mean, on some you can, but it's TikTok is a lot different. Definitely. Yeah, you got to create the uh, content original. You can't just transfer it over like share. You yeah. can't just share it over from from Instagram no. or LinkedIn and just hit share. So it requires you to to be a little creative. From what I've seen, what seems to attract attention is people being creative and being entertaining. Yeah, I don't know if you found that to be, but that's what I found. And I've scrolled through it more of, as an observer and I do use it, but I, I don't have a ton of content on it. But it is a great place to be, I believe. I just I just haven't really taken full advantage of it. So glad to hear that you're doing well with it. Can you share companies that you know are hiring? And can you give me any advice on how people can stand out? I mean, there's a lot of HVAC jobs. I get emails daily. Um, Currently, the one I work at, Piedmont Service Group, we have 
a few openings at the branch that I'm currently in. And then we're owned by another company called Service Logic. So we're actually a nationwide company with other sister companies. They have tons of openings across the United States. Just getting on Indeed, you can search Piedmont Service Group or just even type HVAC and find tons of openings. Yeah. You know, another thing, I don't know if you've, if you've noticed this, but I've noticed that a lot of companies, when I look at the job boards, are paying bonuses for, um, for HVAC, you know, for certain trades. Uh, one of them I do think I've seen for plumbing and HVAC. I think it's just a testament to how hard it is to find experienced technicians. Yeah. If you refer someone, you get a bonus too. So yeah. if I re- refer you to come work with us, then yeah, I would get, if you stayed on 90 days, then I get a little bonus. Yeah, that's great. That's good to see. It also, again, shows just how valuable these technicians are. You know, I'm willing to bet, please correct me if I'm wrong, but if if I looked around at your peers and the people who are working with you, I would say the majority of them are probably in their mid thirties and up. Am I correct in saying that as opposed to being younger? Correct. I mean, whenever I got started, I was 18 and then there was a lot of 18, 19 year olds working with me. And now I'm 38. The youngest person we have working with us is 32. And then if I go into parts houses, it's very rare that I see anybody younger than 30. Yeah. And so what does that mean? To me, that means that I smell, I see opportunity for the simple fact that, it, look, 38 is still young. I, you know, I, I'm not saying that, that, that people who are doing the profession are old now, but there's also a lot of people I'm sure who are older than you. And let's not, let's be real with this. This is hard work. This is not easy work. I don't think there are a lot of HVAC technicians crawling through hot attics at 60. You know, I just, I could be mistaken. And I mean, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but when I see HVAC technicians come to my home, I generally see people in their thirties, late mid thirties and up forties, occasionally in the fifties, but I'm not really older than 50, you know, than 50. And so if, uh, if we have a high number of people in their thirties and forties, that means those people are going to retire at some point. And then we'll really need to get more young people. So I just wanted to emphasize, you know, the importance of, you know, of us getting more people into this trade because we're all going to be impacted by it. Look, everybody has needs air conditioning in the summer, especially if you're in a hot climate in the southeast. So you're impacted by it. And if we don't have enough technicians, right, this is essential work. It's you're, you're, then your cost is going to go up. That I'm sure of your yeah. cost will go up for having an HVAC technician come out because that's supply and demand. So and you'll, it, it wait, you'll be waiting sometimes for a couple of days too for people to come. Yeah, and that's another good point. You're right. You're right. People can't come out as quickly. I noticed that with plumbing when I, you know, when I had to call a plumber and, you know, in the past they'd be, oh, we can be out in two to three days. Now it's like a week, yeah. you know, and I just, I don't think people are paying attention to that. I just, I don't think they get it. And so I just wanted to emphasize that. Troy, wrapping up now, what do you think is the most valuable lesson? Last question now. What is the most valuable lesson you could share with a young person thinking of entering your profession? Uh, be a, have good work ethics and willing to uh, work hard. And whenever you start working with a journeyman or an owner and they're teaching you everything, 
ask them a lot of questions, ask them what things are and how they work and show up on time. It's all Excellent. very important. Thank you. Yeah. Troy, uh, do you want to share your social contacts and how people can reach you? You can find me on um, Instagram under HVAC910. And then I'm working on setting up a YouTube channel and that'll be HVAC910 as well. And then I'm on LinkedIn. Excellent. Excellent. Well, we'll have uh, Troy's contact information in the notes of the podcast. Troy, thank you so much for being on the Skill Stadium show. And I wish you a uh, much continued success and have a great day. Thanks. And thanks for having me. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Skill Stadium. It would mean so much if you left a review on iTunes and told your family and friends about the podcast.